Welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast with Jacob Ayers, providing actionable content to help you along your journey to financial freedom through real estate investing. As the premier asset class, real estate has helped ordinary people just like you amass fortunes. The benefits of passive income from real estate investing will allow you to live a life you want. And now your host, entrepreneur, real estate investor, and apartment deal syndicator, Jacob Ayers. Welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, episode 377. Hi, I'm your host, Jacob Ayers. Welcome back. Today, I'm excited to introduce our guest, Dr. Aaron Hudson. Aaron is a doctor of chiropractic medicine, a mother of five, a real estate investor, an all-around awesome person. She's clearly got a lot going on, so I'm excited to have her on the podcast. Aaron, hey, thanks so much for coming on the show today. It is my pleasure. Listen, I just want to put you in my back pocket. That was such a great intro. (laughs) (laughs) Short and sweet, but hey, you're doing so much. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, where you come from, all that good stuff. Awesome. Well, you already said mama five. That's what fires me up and keeps me passionate to wake up every single morning. But I get the pleasure. I'm a co-founder of Quattro Capital, and I get to work with some incredible partners here in the multifamily space. But initially, I did start off as a doctor of chiropractic. My goodness, already 12 years ago that I started in practice and was in that. And about seven and a half years in, I got a little taste of the real estate space and started to acquire single family rental properties. And boy, was that absolutely addicting to get that so-called mailbox money. I got a taste of that. And About a couple of years down the road, quickly found out that there was something even better and it was really moving into the multifamily space. The truth is, it's not just for the rich. There's ways to make it happen. I love it. Aaron, you guys can see that Aaron has so much energy. I first met Aaron just maybe a month ago at the Multifamily Investor Network event here in Houston, Texas. She absolutely controlled and owned the stage. I reached over next to the person sitting next to me and said, I have to get that lady on the podcast. The guy who I mentioned that to said, oh, I know, Aaron, I'll introduce you. So I'm so glad we got you on. Aaron, talking about that mailbox money, take us back to that very first mailbox check, if you will. Where'd that come from? How'd you get into it? Why? You were a doctor of chiropractic at the time. So tell us about that whole transition. Yeah, for sure. So really just going back to, I knew at a very young age that I wanted to be in control of my future and designing that destiny. It was very apparent after being raised in a house where my parents just lived paycheck to paycheck. They were the mother and father that were incredible parents, but they were owned by their J-O-B, also known as just overbroke. Not that they were, <laughs> they were living that paycheck to paycheck. And I just remember at a very young age thinking, man, this is not what life is supposed to be about. We were not put on this earth to settle for mediocrity, right? And so with that being said, I really had this desire to become a chiropractor. Why? Because I could make my own schedule, have my own babies, have freedom. And I love helping people. I didn't want to be just no offense, a medical doctor prescribing and pushing drugs. I knew that the body has an incredible innate intelligence that it heals itself if properly positioned. And so therefore I went on to, you know, having my wellness centers. I was about, gosh, 
let's see, it was about three months in from opening my first wellness center. And I said to my husband, this is absolutely incredible. Let's open up a second one. And any of those that know me know that I don't like to just go small. I like to go big, right? And so he said, listen, soon as we have enough to bootstrap it and open up that practice, we'll open up a second one. He goes, so probably in a year. And sure enough, it was five months in and I had the amount of money we needed to open up the second practice and open that one up. And I thought, man, I'm doing such a great job. This is so awesome. And truthfully, it was great. So I'm not complaining. But guess what? I found out there was another way to grow your net worth, to have true time freedom, true money freedom. And when I got the good news, I couldn't even contain myself. <laughs> so that's really um, just the start of it. And the good news was real estate investing was the good news was real estate, but it's really, you know, along with learning, sometimes you get little swift kicks in the butt. And I did get one of those. And it was being in practice along that road. I had a coach that I brought into my company and I wanted to obviously increase the numbers and grow. And she came in and she saw where the system was completely flogged. And guess what? I was that wrench, right? And so she said, listen, no more of this $10 an hour job stuff. You're trying to have your hands on a lot of different things in here and you need to hire and really do what you're paid to do, not get caught up in the minutia. So it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. And I'm sure probably some of your listeners can relate. Sometimes we have no business doing the things that we're doing that are just time sucks and not best use of our time. And so I'll never forget, she actually fired me. And I was, I was paying her a thousand bucks an hour to coach me. And yet she fired me and said, listen, until you have five more, you hire five more people on your team, I'm out. And so I said, okay, well, all right. I think I, my butt was a little bit hurt by the time we got off that call. And sure enough, it really was the best thing that ever could have happened to me. Why? Because I stayed in my lane, which was seeing patients. And then all of a sudden there was all this time freed up. And that's what opened the door for the real estate space for me to jump in and move into that direction while in practice. Hold on. While raising five kids. <laughs> I on, literally have on. no idea how you do it. Hold on. It gets better. Not one practice, two practices. So listen, I don't say this to try and sound braggadocious. All I'm doing is saying, if I can do it, so can your listeners. I love it. So Aaron, you took this passion for wanting to help people coupled with, you know, this skill and building systems and processes and scaling and using your highest and best use of time, took all that, rolled it into the world of real estate investing where you're now fully, you know, you're a full-time real estate investor, right? Yes, sir. Sold my practice, my last one. You moved here to the great state of Texas and have taken off, you invested around the country with your team. Tell us about what you're doing there. Yeah, absolutely. So in we started and came together in 2019. We met, took down our first property together in January of 2020. And at that point, we were not, we all were coming in with our own entities and we came in and purchased and did a joint venture together. Why? Because we really just wanted to see if we meshed and mold together to see if perhaps it was the right fit for us to come together. And fast forward after closing on five properties. We ended up doing a merge and came together as Quattro Capital. I love it. Yes. So you're focusing on multifamily investments. I was reading your website. You put an emphasis on no slumlord policy. And I think that's a real balance between trying to find affordable housing across the country, right? Which is a huge need in our country, but yet 
not falling into that kind of slum lord trap. So tell us how you've managed that. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, let me just tell you, let's go back to the Quattro Capital. Number one, we are not partners with just four. It's five. The Quattro so <laughs> leading here. Quattro actually stands for exactly what we are all about, which is first about people, right? We want to do good for people, by people. We want to find fabulous properties, obviously, that turn a great profit. And lastly, our team at Quattro Capital is all for philanthropy and really just doing good for people around the world. And so it goes back to, as you said, no slumlords. We want to take care of people, take pride and joy of their home, number one. And people want to know that they're liked and feel good about themselves, right? Why not do what we are best at doing? And it's encouraging and and loving on them and making them feel important and making their home a home, right? And so if we take it one step further, the thing that is so awesome is there's such alignment within the Quattro team. And what I mean by that is you want to make sure with any and every partner that you have that you all see eye to eye and that you're looking or I should say not eye to eye, because there's always going to be little things, right? But you want to make sure that you're on the same mission and vision, which is, again, to take care of those people. And so fast forward with that being said, we're looking at implementing at a property, having a tutoring program and bringing in teenagers that can come in and tutor the kids after they get out of school. What mom would not absolutely love that? That's massive value that you bring, right? Yeah. So fast forward, another one we're working on on one of our properties is actually bringing in a garden so that literally that your tenants can pick from that garden and take pride and joy in where they live and know that we as owners care about them and truly want to take care of them the way that they should be and desire to be treated. That's awesome. Aaron, let's take a step back. Let's go kind of back to that very first mailbox check we talked about. What did your first transition to the real estate world look like when you were working that quote unquote W-2 job? Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I wasn't W-2. It was my own practice per se. But what it looked like is, and I think I kind of shared a wee bit. I had two practices. I was running back and forth from practice to practice, seeing patients and quickly learned, as I said, with my coach that in order to scale, I really needed to put the right aces in their places. So I hired other doctors to come in and help with seeing patients. Why? So that I could free up more of my time really to move into that real estate space. And if I'm brutally honest with you, it was such an amateur, well, maybe it wasn't amateur, but I was the chick that was on Craigslist trying to find properties. Here I am living in Southern California, looking for properties in Indianapolis, Indiana. Why? Because I heard that it was a landlord-friendly state. You could get great returns for rent with a low entry purchase price. Mm -hmm. And there was something massively appealing about that because I could stretch my buck much further. For sure. So it started with me buying a six-pack of homes in Indianapolis, Indiana. And I did not know how I was going to pay for them. It was just under $300,000, but it was such a good deal that I was determined to figure out how I was going to do it. And I don't even think I've ever shared this on any of the podcasts, but I stretched it. So I got my credit cards out. I put it on, I paid with a credit card or did a cash advance off the credit card. Yeah, right. I money from my father-in-law and altogether, I was able to come up with that $300,000. Uh, come hell or high water, I was going to figure it out, right? I didn't know how, but I figured it out, Right. So got a little taste of that and then uh, quickly found out that 
I had somewhat overpaid for my houses simply because the houses that I had bought for $50,000, I could truly really buy for like 35,000 after working with my property managers. So do you want me to continue? Yeah, yeah. No, this is a great story. So you, you buy six houses across the country. People are probably thinking, hey, Aaron, you're a doctor. You've got two practices. You're crazy. Why are you doing this? You got a family. You've got like literally so many full time commitments, and you're going to go ahead and buy six houses across the country. Yeah, pretty much. But you know what happens when you get that mailbox money I was talking about? It becomes super, super addicting. It's almost like a woman, I'll relate this to a woman, when they love to go shopping. And they can go shop at the very, very high-end store. They can opt for Nordstrom Rack because they can get like double the amount of stuff. It's kind of like that. So when you find a really good deal, you get so fired up that you don't want to stop. You're like, okay, another, another, let's go, right? So with that being said, I ran out of money. That was clear, right? So I'm like, okay, hold on a second. I've heard there's this thing called a double close, right? And so... I was that girl that got on the phone, made no excuses, didn't have a mentorship program. That's for darn sure. But I called the title company and I just said, hey, this is Erin. By any chance, will you share with me what a double close is? I could really use some help. I heard you could do it here in Indianapolis. And literally, that's how I learned about a double close. I love it. So a couple of things I'm condensing down out of your story is like, you've got this idea, you've got this reason why behind it. And you go out and you kind of figure out on the fly, you know, you just make it happen. You're like figuring things out as you go, just kind of really like willing yourself to get to that point where you see down the line. Yeah, pretty much. But it's, thank you. It's pretty wild what unfolded just from that. When I, after I learned how to do this double close, then that's when I really just kept looking on Craigslist and here's what I did. What did this power of double close allow you to do exactly? So shall we tell your listeners what a double close is? Yeah, let's please. Mm -hmm. Or Mm -hmm. do you want to share with them? No, please. You sound like you know way more. (laughs) So check this out. It's basically in Indianapolis, they allow for you, let's just use Jacob, for example. I'm going to buy a home from Jacob for $30,000. And so I create a contract between Jacob and I. And then in turn, I have another buyer that wants to buy it. We call him the end buyer. Let's call him Bobby Boy. And so Bobby Boy and I put a contract together for June 1st, the same close date, except for Bobby Boy's price is 40,000. I have to pay Jacob 30,000. So our close date comes and all of a sudden Jacob's like, where's my money? So I'm like, Bobby Boy, hurry up and put your money in title. So Bobby Boy puts his money and sends it to title. That makes Jacob whole, gives him his $30,000. And then this wild chick, Aaron, gets $10,000 in her pocket without any of my own money. So I figured out you could do something like such. And I went, oh my gosh, this is nuts. (laughs) That's how I did it. A handful of properties. And if you can't tell already, I love negotiations. I love a good deal. I love to structure. There's a million ways to skin a cat. And so it just got me on fire. And all I kept thinking about is, okay, next deal. How do I position the next deal? And it was a game that was so stinking fun. I didn't want to stop. So you and your husband did this thing for a while, buying properties on your own, using double closes, other creative financing strategies. You built a portfolio. And then at what point did you kind of transition to the next phase? So the next phase, so I figured out this double close thing, right? And then the next one was, oh my gosh, what if I could buy a handful of them, sell one? So what I did is I buy four, 
sell three and keep one for free. So within two years, I had acquired 26 rental properties in my own portfolio, of which 14 were free. Now, what was your mentality? Was your mentality like someone coming from a W-2 perspective? Like, I want to replace my earned income with passive income, eventually sell my practice, quit my quote unquote day job. What was your uh, driving factor? What was your plan? I think it was really just on a mission to create a legacy, to build and create a legacy for my kids and show them what it is that mama's doing and that it takes for us to make moves and take action to have success. And there's nothing more powerful than being able to pour into your kids and teach them about deal structuring and why it's important to get in the game and to take their seed money and duplicate it. Fast forward during that time, I had taught my 16-year-old a crazy lesson of she really wanted a car. She had $6,000. And I said, you can either buy the car for $6,000 or you can buy this property over here. Mama will help you. And so I said, but keep in mind that car you buy is going to be a liability. You have to pay for gas. You have to pay for insurance or you could use moms and not pay anything. And you could take that money and have a cash flowing asset that's going to pay you $600 a month. So she opted for the house. And believe it or not, she just sold it three months ago and just got in her first apartment building. She's now 22. Dang, what a great lesson for a 16 year old. Right? That's so cool. So Aaron, what'd you guys kind of do next? So you, you know, you got to a point where you were, you know, kind of growing and scaling on your own. And I'm sure you got to a point where you were probably gaining some traction from friends and family thinking like, Hey, Aaron, what are you doing in Indianapolis? Or what are you doing here or there? And how are you doing it? Right. And then you kind of gain this momentum. People are probably wanting to come along the journey with you. Is that pretty fair? Yeah. So I was about 12 houses in on the single family and exactly that happened. Friends, family, doctors in my practice. And so we organically created a turnkey company and did a little over 230 buy and sell transactions in the single family space, and which was super awesome, especially not to brag, but I did not, or it's not even anything I would want to brag about. I didn't even have a website, y'all. That The bottom line is, is when you do uh, good for people, by people, without manipulation, it's people get wind and they want to get involved. And so that's what happened there. But then it transitioned very quickly to finding about the multifamily space and me going back to my investors and saying, hey, listen, hang tight. I'm actually moving into the multifamily space. And when the time is right, because it's a much larger learning curve, I so will take you with me if you so desire, right? So we certainly did take a handful of them with us in that multifamily space that we moved into. How many years would you say it was, Aaron, when you were kind of juggling your practices and the real estate simultaneously? Oh, goodness. Yeah. Five years. Yeah. Four years. And I mean, I can only imagine the commitment that took. You know, you're running your own business here, you're running your own real estate business on the side, you've got a family, you've got the same, you know, personal life things that everybody else has, you know. So talk about just how you're making that happen and all the commitments you had going at once. Yeah. You know, For me, I'm just, I'm the type that I really like to just go, go, go. I'm not a TV, sit and watch a TV. And if I certainly get in front of a movie, I'll fall asleep. I'm the first one out. But I just, I think it's just a matter of, again, as I shared, we're here to have greatness in this world, right? And there's people that are doers and there's people that are sitters, right? And it just depends on what it is that one wants in their life. And so for me, I knew that the sky was the limit and it was really about just taking down and sharing with your kids and showing them how to make the magic happen 
And I think as you do that and you begin to have success, there's something really awesome that happens. There's something inside that soul that just makes you start to have a little more confidence. And the confidence that one begins to have when they start to have success, you know, at whatever endeavor they're taking part in, you can't help but to share with the rest of the world and want to feel like you want to shout from the mountaintop every day, almost to the tune of you just, for me, I feel so unapologetically obsessed with the space that we get to get up, get to be a part of and can't help but to share with the rest of the world. Where do you think this drive comes from? And have you always had it? Have you always felt that strongly about what you're doing? Yeah, I think for the most part, whatever that I take part in, it's kind of, it's not one foot in, one foot out by any stretch. And I think that's with anything that I involved with. It's really, let's go bigger, let's go home. Because at the end of the day, we get to choose what we want to do when we wake up, right? And so, I don't know, I'm just super, I love life. And I love seeing other people win. And we all know what happens when we love seeing other people win. It just naturally happens to us, right? Yeah. What advice would you have, Aaron, to those people who are, you know, in a W-2 job or maybe a business owner or whatever that looks like, you know, maybe have one foot in the real estate world and they're trying to make that their main thing, like you at one point in your life were? Well, I think in our space, I think a lot of people tend to hop from their W-2 job probably a wee bit early without having some type of protection or money coming in to cover the nut. So I certainly do not recommend just jumping. Make sure that you're in a position that you can do that, meaning that you have enough passive income or other discretionary income to cover the nut. Obviously, that's most important. But anybody that's considering multifamily, I highly, highly recommend just getting in as a passive investor out of the gate, get a taste of what it's like and see if it's even up your alley, right? We're all different and some prefer single family. I was at a meetup last night and it was hilarious. It was a divided room. Half of them preferred single family and the other half preferred multifamily. So it's to each their own. There's no wrong or right. There really is, but no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It's really, you know, and something lovely that comes from being able to be a part of the multifamily arena is that, man, the tax deductions are quite sexy. (laughs) Less taxes. I think it goes back to everybody getting upset with Mr. Donald Trump because they said he doesn't pay taxes. He just happens to know the loopholes that the IRS gives us free willingly if we so desire to use them, right? So that part is pretty awesome about real estate. I love it. Aaron, hey, it's been a fun conversation. I know you're on a time crunch. Before we wrap up, let's end with the lightning round. Just a quick series of questions we fire at every one of our guests. Are you up for it? Yeah, let's go. All right. First question is, what was your biggest hurdle getting started investing in real estate? And what'd you do to overcome that? Biggest hurdle? Man, I wish there was just more time. (laughs) Yeah. I wish there was much more time. And money is always awesome to have. But I will share with your listeners, there is always a way to get what it is you want, how bad do you want it, and how hard are you willing to work to get it? And I say that for two different things. Remember when I shared about the single family space? I had no idea how I was going to get the $300,000. I just believed that I was going to find a way to get it. And I just walked it out as if it was there already. I know it sounds crazy, but you figure it out, right? And then I'll share with you one more thing that I hope maybe your listeners will have some takeaway from. The first deal that I did with Quattro in uh, January of 2020, we were taking down a 
just under $4 million deal. And we were going to split it with 25% ownership between the partners. And so here's the deal. I had to bring $300,000 to the table to close on this deal. And I remember thinking, okay, I've got 26 rental properties. I'm going to go take a line of credit from them. I never have before. And that's how I'm going to come in for my 25% ownership with this 300,000. Went to bed that night, woke up having a huge aha moment and went, oh my gosh, I'm not going to do that. Hold on a second. And so I actually went to Facebook and I said, how would you like to be the bank, make a great return and have it backed by real estate? And I will never forget because that was the biggest game changer that has ever happened to me. I feel like it's my winning moment. I feel like the the sea parted and I had over 65 people that said, Aaron, tell me more, right? And so within 48 hours, I had pegged uh, $300,000. And what I said to them was this. First of all, remember, folks, we are not begging and pleading. We are creating opportunities. And so for all your listeners out there, think about the opportunity you're providing for the other person. And so what I said was, listen, for your $100,000, i am going to be uh, 7% interest only. And it's a two-year minimum, three-year maximum. And it's backed by one of my free and clear properties that obviously has that same value. And I'm not kidding. Okay, that was their response. Okay, awesome. I would love to be a part of this, right? And so it was not backed to the multifamily because you can't do that, but it was back to the single family. So it was in essence a promissory note, right? From the individual. So within 48 hours, I had commitments on it, got $300,000 and walked into a deal where it was making a 12% cash on cash day one. We call those a diamond in the rough, right? And so it's all about the game of arbitrage. Pay my person that was the lender to me 7% and then 5% in my pocket without my own money. Okay, Aaron. So let's dig into that really quickly, if you don't mind. You got to a point where you were able to go to your network and and raise $300,000 effectively in 48 hours on your very first attempt. So how did you get to that point? It wasn't just like you hadn't been doing anything up to this point and just went out to your random Facebook friends and said, Hey, I'm Aaron, I'm investing in real estate, give me $300,000. How did you get to that point? Well, I had already taken down two multifamilies prior to that with a different team. But honestly, I think it's just the social media and hearing there are people that a couple of well, two of them already I had done business with, right in the single family space. And it's all about that visibility. And people again, you hear it all the time, people that know you like you and trust you. They watch you, not what you say. They watch what you do, right? And so I don't know. I think that it was just one of those out there. I gave a great opportunity. And then fast forward, guess what happened from that? The first check goes out. I receive a text and it says, Aaron, thank you so much. I just received your check in the mail. Thanks so much for this incredible opportunity. Do you see if you feel the need and the desire of another individual and you make it a win-win, both walk away. Right? Yeah, so sure. Because a deal was made and both parties won. I love it. Well, that's that's a, a long-winded fire around question, Aaron, but I knew we had to dig in there. That's great stuff. Let's jump on to the next one. Do you have a personal habit that contributes to your success? Yes. Great question. So I am one of those miracle morning people, but I like to, you know, I kind of change it up for myself to each their own. But yeah, I wake up in the morning, get my little book out at 530 and I write down my thankfuls of 
the five things that I'm grateful for in life could be about the kids, business, whatever it is that I want it to be about. I write down a handful of things that I want to get accomplished that day. And then I head off to the gym and I get in my hour workout before my kids are up and ready for school. And honestly, that's what keeps me sane. I think that it's super important (laughs) to set the, I mean, it's when you're writing down your thankfuls, that's what just determines the trajectory of your day for me, right? And if I've done my workout, then I feel good about myself, right? And so everything that goes on throughout the day, it's just a little stack of little wins throughout the day that really help to breed that confidence to go slay the day. And for you, those things that you're grateful for that you write down every day, do they change on a day-to-day basis? Sometimes as you wake up and you're grateful for the beautiful weather and the next day. Yeah, I do that. And then I'll usually write down uh, three goals that I have and they're longer term goals, but I'm constantly just rewriting them because there's something powerful that happens that not when you just say it, not when you think it, but when you write it. So I'll jot down some of those as well. And then lastly, I think the other thing I do is, I know it sounds a little bit corny, but I think that this is just such a tough world that we live in. And I think it's super important for us audibly out loud to remind ourselves about how incredibly awesome we are, how magnetic we are, how we attract other people, how our vibration is super high. And what you say resonates with the heart and the soul. And I think it's super, super important for people to realize how wonderful and great they are and give themselves the kudos that they deserve. I love it. Yeah, I totally agree with you there, Aaron. I'm a big Miracle Morning fan myself. I switch it up, like you said, but at least I wake up every morning. I write goals in this planner I'm holding up here. This is the uh, Intention Journal by Brandon Turner. I've been using for ages. And uh, yeah, totally, totally recommend that practice. Next question, Aaron, do you have an online resource you find valuable in your day-to-day? An online resource? Well, 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 probably for me, HubSpot. I know it sounds probably ridiculous, but you know what? With everything going on in the world and having kids and so on and so forth, I really have to just remember conversations and people I've made contacts with and so on and so forth. So that's probably a big one for me. HubSpot's a CRM or a customer relationship management tool. Helps you keep track of, uh, you know, contacts, you know, last time you spoke or emailed to someone, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, completely agree. Yeah, no, for sure. Aaron, what book would you recommend to the listeners and why? Well, 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 that's a good one. Oh my gosh. My favorite right now is Who Not How by Uh, Dan Sullivan. Loving, loving that book. It's really meant for serial entrepreneurs. Otherwise y'all think are crazy. If you're not a serial entrepreneur, you might not be in love with it as much as I am. I love it. Yeah, I just finished that one. It's a phenomenal book. It was one of the ones that really like stuck with me and like, you know, days after like, I really have to implement that book. Sometimes you read a book, you put it down, you're on to the next one, right? But that one was like, it sunk in with me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Much agreed. Aaron, last question in the lightning round. If you were to go back and give advice to your 20-year-old self to get started investing in real estate, what would you tell 20-year-old Aaron? I would say... Listen, single family was awesome, but I would have ran, jumped, leaped, lunged forward for multifamily. I just think that there's so many incredible advantages that far outweigh the single family space. So I would definitely do that. I would also probably find a mentor, somebody that's actually doing it and ask and find out a way that I could bring value just so I could ride on their coattail and learn the ins and outs at an early age. I love it. Aaron, you come from a kind of a minority in the real estate space, you will, as a woman, as a mother, 
Do you have any advice for the women out there, the mothers, the ladies, the wives, the girlfriends, whoever they may be in uh, advice in the real estate world? Yeah, thank you. My advice for you is one foot in front of the other, find other chicks that are doing it, link arms, because I will tell for all you women out there, yes, multifamily is a man's world, but watch out not for long, because when you get women together and they collaborate, they're unstoppable, absolutely unstoppable. So I know in due time, we are going to dominate this space. So watch out, Jacob. I have no doubt, Aaron. I mean, I saw you on a, I think it was a women's panel at the conference a few weeks back in Houston. You absolutely just uh, controlled the stage, captured the audience. So it's really fun listening to you. Like I said, I saw you there and had to get you on the podcast. It's been a lot of fun talking with you. As we're wrapping up here, where can people learn more about you, reach out, connect with you, learn more about what you guys are doing at Quattro Capital, all that good stuff? Awesome. Yeah, you would go to www.thequattroway.com. And that's two T's in Quattro. And hey, listen, peruse around that site, get a chance to click on the video that each one of my partners had. It's only a minute long, and you will get a nice, good gut feel of the incredible people that I get the pleasure of working with and why I feel so blessed and incredibly lucky. And from there, you can absolutely book an appointment with myself or any of the partners from Quattro, and we would love to connect and find out how we can help move your nut forward. I love it. Aaron, let's wrap up. Before we end, is there anything I should have asked you or any parting piece of advice that you'd like to leave with the audience members? Nope. I say just go for it. Don't stop. Run, climb that ladder, that mountain, go for it. And you will become addicted in this multifamily space. It's so much fun and so incredibly rewarding. I love it. Doctor, mother of five, real estate investor, wife, so much more. Aaron Hudson, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much, Jacob. Have a great one. Thanks. You too. You've been listening to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, providing you actionable content to build your real estate empire. Nothing on this show should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for personal advice. The opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have a potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom, LLC, exclusively.